You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the K Golasso podcast. We are going to talk about the U.S.'s big 1-0 win over Canada, but did they deserve it? That is the question. Don't go anywhere. All right, everybody. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce for this continuing Gold Cup coverage on the CBS Sports podcast known as K Golasso. Heath, let's talk about this 1-0 win for the U.S. They scored in the first 30 seconds. I'm like, we're going to win 7-0. It is in the stars. It is destined. And then we barely held on to win 1-0. I don't even know if we deserve the 1-0 victory, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you it just happens. I had just turned on the game, obviously, was kind of like frantically going around the house. Game starts, and you're like, okay, goal. Oh, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be. And then you realize you tap back into like your player mentality and you're like, okay, if they get a second soon, then it's really over. But then you realize that going up one nil early in games is never that great of a thing because just psychologically you start to feel like you can't help but think that you're going to run, not maybe run over teams, but you naturally just go, okay, we can breathe a little bit earlier than we thought that we could breathe in this game. And it just never seems to play out well. Obviously the U S get the win. I think that's a huge uh, plus regardless. I think it's, it's huge to be able to win games that you play ugly. And I, I thought for the most part, the players that I actually wanted to stand out in this game, uh, which we'll get to, didn't, didn't impress me um, over, over the 90 minutes. And I thought as a team collectively, I wasn't impressed at just about anything uh, today. But um, what were your initial thoughts, Jimmy? Yeah, I would say that the first 30 minutes, I was pretty impressed. I thought that not only did we score early and to do it in a way that I was very pleased with, there was a lot of space that was tight in the central center area, central area. Kellen Acosta was playing a little bit higher up on the front foot. We were all playing on the front foot, I would say, to start the game. Ball gets sprayed out wide to Legette, plays it across. Jack Moore says, thank you very much for the tap-in, his first ever goal for the U.S. men's national team. I didn't mind the lineup. Let's just start there. I was pretty happy with it. I don't think it was too far off of what we were talking about before. We probably were going to see the three center backs. We were going to see the two wing backs. I think we, we were dead on, who... by the way. I think we were dead on. Uh, other than other than maybe Reggie Cannon, was there anybody else that that we didn't talk about that would go back no, into the lineup? No, I, I think we were, we were spot on too. And I think we were both looking to see the Daryl DK, Jossie Zardes up top. And I was excited. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted just to, whether it worked or didn't work, I just wanted to see it be used just so we knew for sure yeah. if that was the way forward. And so fair play to Greg Berhalter. He clearly a big fan of the K Golasso podcast. So that's very yeah. cool. But Jimmy, did it work or did it not work? Oh, it, it's tough to say because with Jossie Zardes and Daryl DK, did we take advantage of what they bring to the table in a way that, that could really, ah, it's tough. I, I feel like maybe the line I, where we got overrun, especially as the game went on was in midfield. And so I wonder if Legette, Bustio, and Acosta are our three best midfielders to help us really take advantage of Jossie Zardes and Daryl DK up top. So I'll start there. So I don't know yeah. if it's necessarily on those two guys, because if they're not getting the service, excuse me, or not getting the ball in the areas where they can have success or, or get on the end of crosses or whatever it may be, I don't know what the scouting report was on Canada, but we hit a lot of crosses low and hard on the ground, a lot of them. And I thought that was interesting, given that we have Zardes and Daryl DK in the box that can get on the end of stuff. It's not like 
the Christian Pulisic and, and, you know, Gio Reyna who aren't probably going to get on the end of crosses. We have some guys that can get up there and, and throw their body around and make a difference. It was interesting. Uh, I, that's where I'll say there where I got a little disappointed was after the 30th minute, Canada was running things. They took advantage of it, gained, regained some momentum in the second half, excuse me, the, the, the second half of the first half. So the last 15 minutes of the first half. And I thought, okay, cool. Well, we just wanted to survive until halftime. And then once the, the, we got into halftime, we can make some adjustments and everything. And it looked like we didn't make any adjustments. Canada came out on the front foot and a bad pass by Donovan Pines led to a good shot by Kyle, Kyle Aaron, 30 seconds. They could have scored there 30 seconds in. It would have been almost a carbon copy of when we scored our goal in the first half. So those are my initial thoughts. I'm kind of curious to dig in a little bit more on, on some of yours. Yeah, I, I thought uh, I jinxed Busio because I threw out a tweet in his first 20 minutes in the national team. I was like, this guy is a step ahead. Everybody's oh, I remember I saw the, Amer- the American Pirlo. And when you see him get the ball in good spots, you can see some of that uh-huh, magic. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I thought today there was a few things at play. One, I thought the team fatigued pretty early on mm-hmm. in terms of uh, reactions, scrapping for second balls, battling it out, arriving uh, at the right timing of the flow of the game. I thought that we were arriving late or not arriving at all mm-hmm. when in the buildup. Uh, I, I think it was evident today that they were much better on the wings with the Tejan Buchanan than we are playing in a three back line. Obviously we have uh, Shaq Moore and Sam Vines higher uh, up the pitch, but neither of them are out and out attackers, right? When, when, when uh, Ariola got hurt, I think that limited our, our ability to execute on the wings. We saw, um, Roldan play that in the second game against Martinique, but I, I don't think he's a winger uh, necessarily or, or in those like kind of half spaces between the, the half space and, and the wings. And so I thought we struggled at times to figure out our identity. I don't know if that was a system issue where again, Busio, Legend and Acosta, I, early, early on, I was like, okay, these guys are combining a little bit. They seem to have a little bit of a rhythm, but I, I, I struggled to figure out who is the six, mm-hmm, who is mm-hmm. the eight, Same. who's the 10, who is playing off each other's shoulder. Where does the first pass come from Sands and, and, or, or Robinson or Zimmerman and, and come into them? Obviously, I think the team did a good job of, of what, what I did like about the team in general. I, I don't want to give too many negatives. Is adjustments on the fly. They changed their formation. I thought that they dealt with some adversity today, which isn't easy, right? Losing mm-hmm. Zimmerman and having to go, go to a four-back line. Uh, Sands stepping into the midfield. Uh, I thought that they, 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 they scrapped and battled. I thought that this game could have, especially towards the end, maybe gone the other way. I don't think they had any huge or clear chances that they missed, but they were definitely knocking on the door. And with a little more quality, uh, I think Canada couldn't, couldn't, uh, could, have, could have done some damage. I will say this, though. It is nice to know what the scouting report is on Canada uh, because a lot of these players from the Canadian team will play in the octagonal uh, in qualifying. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to have our B team sort of expose Canada in a few ways. And I don't think they've really exposed them in a ton of ways, but we at least got to have a, a free look at what qualifying is going to be, how they might roll out, who the, who the players are, where the threats are in the team and, and things like that. So, I mean, obviously there's no, no uh, Jonathan David, no, no um, Alfonso Davies, Alfonso Davies, but still, for the most part, you got a, you got a core group of players that that uh, we, we got a chance to see, which I think is a, is, is a plus overall. I'll say this, though. If Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies were playing today, I don't think we win this game. We might not lose, but I don't think we win. And and, and to your points, I'm not so sure that they we switched formations. I think there might have been some kind of input from the coaching staff where James Sands could leave the back line and step into midfield to help relieve some pressure when we're trying to play out of the back, especially for our wing backs or whatever it may be. 
And I actually thought, and I actually didn't finish this thought initially. I thought our pressing as a team in the first 25 minutes was excellent. We, we wouldn't, we just didn't allow Canada to breathe. They didn't have any answers. And I thought they were trying to play out of situations when they didn't need to. And where they started to unlock things, and I actually made mention of this when I was watching the game with some friends. If Canada just hits a couple balls up over the top and tries to get in some 1v1 situations with some of their players that are good in 1v1 situations, like Buchanan in particular, then, then that will force us to drop off a little bit. And they started to do that. Whether it was due to necessity or there was some kind of instruction from the sideline, we struggled with that a little bit because then our guys started to get isolated. And that's where they started, for me, started to cause more problems and gain more confidence, started to move up the field and started to play in our half a little bit more. But when they try to play out of stuff, I actually thought our press was pretty good and we made things pretty predictable. And I'd like the, th the three center backs for this particular reason, because if you're a center back and let's say Kyle Aaron drops into midfield or, or Akinola dropped into midfield, you felt comfortable as one of the three center backs to follow them in there and actually try to win it and not just keep them in a spot, but try to win because you know you can take that risk if you miss it you've got cover behind you. So I really like that addition to having that three back line that maybe I didn't always fully appreciate, but I, I did see it today and I like that. And also Sands is an excellent passer of the ball. He does break lines, multiple lines with one pass. I like when he's on the ball as opposed to our other center backs when they're on it. So, yeah. so, so that was kind of the positives that I saw from it. But once they started to play a little bit more direct, we did struggle and I don't think we were as connected, which gets back, gets back to the original point that you were saying, Heath. And this isn't necessarily... I don't think it's a negative. I think it's a, it's a fair criticism of what were the designated roles in midfield? Who was the 10? Who was the, who was the eight? Who was the six? And maybe they just thought or got the instruction from Greg Berhalter and the staff that Sands is going to kind of assume that position in certain situations. And if there's that kind of gray area, then it's really no hard to know as a player in tight moments, where am I supposed to be? And what am I supposed yeah. to be doing? And, and that that will have to be addressed moving forward because a, a team like if Canada just was a little bit more composure, if the referee didn't swallow his whistle on a couple potential um, calls for penalties, uh, you know, if it gets called the other way and the, the, the referee is harsh or if you play against the Mexico that will punish you for that type of stuff, it could have been a much longer afternoon for us. But to your point, we dealt with some adversity, we coped and we won the group and now we get to avoid Mexico in the earlier rounds outside of the final. Yeah, I thought. Interestingly, and I agree with you, the press game was was really strong early on, and I think we've shown some really strong periods of of pressing. I was a little bit, you know, uh, to go to your point, there was a time that Busio got beat on the dribble, and I thought mm -hmm. Busio was poor today. I don't think he could figure out where where he could make his impact. And this is where, you know, as if you have these gray areas, you still need enough experience and or um, grit to say, okay, the game's not going our way. But if you saw this, it happened against Martinique as well. You saw these windows where U.S. team fights hard. U.S. team wins ball back. Player gets ball. Player dribbles ball. Player loses ball. And it's like this for like seven minutes, eight minutes, to where you're like, who's the guy that's going to slow the game down, right? And I thought this could be Busio, where like put your foot on the ball, move your defense up behind you, break a few lines of pressure, get into your rhythm to attack. But it felt like at a certain point it was like, Canada overcommits. U.S. gets the ball, dribbles up the field. They win it back and, uh, by just outnumbering and pressing a Legette in the corner or a Busio in the corner mm -hmm. or an Acosta or a DK or where they just collapse on them and win the ball back. And then these long periods go by where you're like, well, all we needed to do there was keep the ball. You know, and, right, and right, right, you've right. been in those games, Jimmy, where it's hot, you've had your water break, you've whatever. And 
you've finally worked hard to win the ball back. And Canada was doing a good job of making the U.S. work hard to win the ball back. And it's those things where it's like that compounding effect where you start to get guys start getting frustrated and they start yelling at each other and say, keep the ball, keep the ball. Mm -hmm, and this mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. starts to happen. And I just saw these long stretches where you just needed that maturity to be like, let's take a deep breath, move the ball, move our defensive line up. Let's get into their half. Let's work the ball around. But my counter argument to myself on that one was when we did get up to the half line, I still thought that we struggled to, again, through the midfield, connect those passes, right? I go back, I keep going back to the U.S. versus Mexico first 10 minutes or 15 minutes and then 15 to 30 are the two like just freeze frames I have in my head mm -hmm. where once Kellen Acosta started approaching the ball with a good uh, body positioning, he was able to get a ball into his feet and with one touch of the ball, skip a line into a line where they've overcommitted and now there's gaps, right? And right. now you're looking upfield and you're starting to go forward. And I feel like we've, we've struggled to, to really connect those dots. And that goes to Zardes and, and DK up top, where it was like, again, ugly game, we're scrapping. Where can I make an impact on this mm -hmm. game? Do I need to scrap for fouls on top of the box? Is it the free kick that's going to be the impact that I make? Is it, mm -hmm. is it, you know, drawing free kicks? Is it chasing balls to the channels and finding ways to where they can complement each other instead of, like you said, you got two big bodies in the box, but we're doing these cutbacks to the, to the, to the penalty spot mm -hmm. on all of our crosses, which in some ways were good ideas. In some ways were just poor crosses. Um, I just felt like there was this disconnect in terms of like, what's our style of play? How are we playing? You know, but yeah, again, gonna, I, I will say that the press was good. No, yeah, I, I agree. Well, the press was good. And this is where I'm going to build my thought into two different ways. And I'm going to build off of what you said in particular, that we have to have players on the fields that know when to slow the game down. And or or if the if the game has got out of hand and another team has momentum, how do we regain that momentum back? We struggled with that in particular today. And there was one play and I was watching it with some friends and we got out of some pressure. Canada, you could sense we're starting to get back into the game. It's like 25th, 26th minute. Okay. It goes into Sebastian Legette. He's out kind of by the midfield line, a little bit off to the sideline and he picks up his head. He has a chance to play it into Busio to just maintain some possession. Okay. But instead he picks it up and you can see DK asking for it over the shoulder of a defender. And instead Legette, and this is where you talk about, having mature players and experienced players on the field, he should know better that the game's gotten away from us for a few minutes. Let's just keep it. Let's slow it down. Let's make sure we can transition with all of our numbers, but you know what he decides to do Heath. I remember this is clear. He tries to hit that, that hero ball, the, the home run, this, the, you know, the, the hail Mary up over the shoulder that doesn't get there. And now we're tracking Busio's now out of position. He's out of position. And now they've still, got momentum. We didn't slow them down and break them up at any point. And that was really disappointing. And that's why Legette's on the team for me is to make those decisions. And that's what he usually does well. And I thought he got a little bit ahead of himself. And that's just one play, but I thought it was a microcosm of what was happening throughout the field. Now let's fast forward to the second half. Okay. We came out of halftime and Canada came out with the right tactics. They, they did what they should have done from the very get-go, which is, and we talked about it in the preview, you got to come out and punch this U.S. team in the face. You have to let them know that you're going to be in charge. It's going to be hard for them, and then see how they react. The problem is we, we, we reacted the whole second half, Heath. We never regained control of the game. Yeah, sure, there were some moments in, in, in the second half where we had a little bit of it, but the decision-making wasn't good. We weren't, nobody was like, hey, I'm in control here. Keep giving me the ball. I'm going to make sure I set the tone and the rhythm. And I guess that's what falls on Busio. Does that fall on Busio or, or Acosta for me was invisible after making a, 
obviously a very big impact to start the game. I didn't see him for the next 45, 50 minutes. So I was like, okay, well, you don't always have to see your CDM if he's blocking passing lanes and cutting out passes, but I didn't really see him cut out any passes either. I was like, I don't, where's Acosta? And then Bustio was fine, but he didn't have that same type of impact as you were saying. Legit, you know, sometimes made the right decision, sometimes didn't. So it really gets back to the identity. What were we trying to do in midfield and who was supposed to be doing what? These are, these are big question marks that I'm sure the coaching staff knows and I'm sure the players know as well, but it didn't come off. They didn't execute it very well. So moving forward, what does that look like and what does that mean? So I guess my question to you is, although there's a couple of questions, who do you go with? I'll go with here first. Who do you go with with your lineup in terms of formation first? And then once you figure out the formation, who's in that midfield for you? Because I didn't think Acosta necessarily killed it. I think Williamson might've been a better fit there. And then Busio, I wouldn't mind still giving him a better, another run out just to see how he did if he just was a little bit higher off the shoulder and didn't have to sit in front of the back three or four. And then Legette, I guess, stays in there. I don't know. It's not like we have a, a ton of options, but I'm kind of curious your thoughts. Yeah, it's funny because Busio had these moments in the game where it reminded me of Nagby, where you just look at them and you're like, they glide on the pitch. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. game looks so easy, right? Being on a half-turn turn, first touch beats two players on, on pressure. Mm -hmm. You then relieve the ball out knowing like you, like you got eyes everywhere, right? But for the most part, I thought that he was missing. And so I worry about one in, in transition. He's, he's slow. He's weak. And I don't think that's your best place in, in putting him. I don't think he should be holding up and uh, uh, sitting in front of a back line. I think that's better for a Kellen Acosta. I think a James Sands, same thing. If you were to get um, Zimmerman back, uh, I think there's an argument to having Sands play the six because he just looked more comfortable on the ball. He looked faster. He looked fitter he looked he just looked more more active a little bit more like a, a jackson yule would be right just that busy midfielder side to side just covering a lot of ground and then also good on the ball showing his range of passing and so it's one of those ones where i thought you go back earlier in the in the tournament i thought that the the the, the two holding midfielders were sitting on top of our back three and then you fast forward to now and you're like okay now they're not sitting on top of the back three but nobody's the one no one's going to get the ball off of the defenders uh, right, or connecting right. with the defenders. And so I don't know if it's a confidence issue. I don't know what change. I, I mean, if you're going to make changes, I think Williamson definitely should get a shout, but now you're talking about knockout runs, right? Mm -hmm. I think Williamson has more, more playing experience. He's a little bit older than Abusio is. I think Busio just looked a little bit more shook. He looked a little slower in transition. I don't know if it was fatigue or nerves, um, but it may be a bit much to be putting 90 minutes on this guy, not 90, but say 70 or, or starting him from the get-go and putting this pressure on him to make the game uh, at his age for this national team with the experience that we have, right? Because it's all, it's all great when things are going well. It's all great when everybody's moving and everybody's having their best day. But I don't think Zardes had a great day. I don't think DK had a great day. I don't think Leggett had a great day. No, Acosta didn't have a great day. So when you start to have these days where everyone's having an average or, or, or a subpar performance, I think, and, and it falls on a, a system that's going through the midfield. Is it, a, is it a little bit too much to put on Busio to make that game? Or sh does he have the ability to step up and run that midfield? It's a good question. I think what we learned today is that Canada was going to be a stiffer test or is a stiffer test than Martinique. And I think that was a bit of the fool's gold that you get from playing a team that is just not as fit, not as, doesn't have as much experience professionally, you know, it's not as clean on in every single area and no disrespect to Martinique. That's just the reality of their, where their Federation is. I hope that changes. I, I, I want all these teams to get better because then we're all going to get better because of it. Canada was going to prove a different test. They were going to be a little bit tougher. They're going to be harder. It wasn't going to be the same. 
And so you wonder with young players, with Busio in particular, he maybe thought he was going to get the same amount of time. I mean, he's, he's smart enough to know that he he probably wouldn't. But it wasn't but, even him, Jimmy. It was all of them, right? Where they're like, yeah, that's that fair. Casual, you dribble the ball up, that casual turnout worked right, right, in the right, first right. couple of games. Sure. In this game, Canada collapsed from one side. Those players are clever. They poked the ball away. It was just this constant, like, Canada was all over them. And I think that was the first time these guys have experienced what I would consider the closest thing so far for them to an international match where there's mm -hmm. a little bit less time where a semi-sharp ball is a turnover. A sharp ball is a good ball, right? Mm -hmm. A semi-sharp ball, someone gets a leg in, somebody reads a passing lane, somebody gets a foot on it, somebody pokes you away. You don't have as much time on the ball. You got to think quicker and, and mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt you, but I, I felt like that was a, a case in a lot of examples because we're talking about transition, uh, how we didn't hold the ball when we needed to in transition. There was constantly this sort of like square pass or a little ball, a short ball or long ball where it's just getting poked away. And it was just this constant lack of rhythm. And I think that was just a little bit faster than what we've experienced so far. And, and you know that that difference seems minimal, but when you're on the field and the game is going fast and Canada's saying, I don't care if this ball ever touches the ground, right? Mm -hmm. We'll disrupt you. I mean, it's no disrespect to Canada because I think they played well. They did. But in terms of the way that they're pressing, the way that they want to disrupt your flow, you know, they'll kick you, they'll get up underneath you, they'll they'll step into passing lanes. They just constantly want to disrupt your play. That's the international game. Mm -hmm. The international game isn't they sit back and we tiki-taki our way up and we play with this rhythm and, you know, it's beautiful. We're not Spain. We're not there yet. Um, and, and you've got to earn you know, the, that cliche of like, who, which team's going to settle down first? Which team's going to settle into it first and find their game? You got to earn that, right? You got to put your foot on them first and say, no, we're going to make them fear us and start to drop off a little bit and, 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 and lump balls and like make them uncomfortable to where they go, okay, we did our press, let's sit back. It's time to go into our second blocks. We're going to like uh, allow them to dictate flow a little bit. And I don't think we earned that um, beyond the, obviously the early goal. No, I'm with you on that. I do want to focus on, the positives. Let's just look at the positives here for a second, just so we balance this out a little bit. Cause I know we're so eager and I like to think that this is constructive criticism, but, but let's just talk about the positives. I thought miles Robinson was excellent throughout mm -hmm. the whole game. I thought when he got into a one V one situation with Buchanan with maybe five, six minutes left, Buchanan had been running a couple of our players ragged in one V one situations. He handled them by himself. He didn't even need any cover. I really liked a lot of the defensive plays that Robinson had. Uh, Zimmerman was unfortunate to, to have gone out injured. I like, he's got good presence. He, he, that one with a penalty would have been somewhat soft, but I could see referees calling that. So that was, uh, I'm just happy there's bar in this tournament because I, I promise you a uh, gold cup passed. One of those happens today. One of those is a yeah, penalty today just because sure. of just circumstantial players falling and like the refs having a tough angle and like legs getting locked up. One of those is a penalty without VAR. I will say that's uh, Shaq Moore. Obviously scoring today and scoring the winners is impressive. I just think he's been pretty good throughout this tournament. And I worry about Reggie Cannon a little bit that uh, Shaq Moore might be slowly gaining on him in the depth chart in that position. I think Serginho Dest is still the guy. And if you had a wing back, you're going to go with Dest over Moore. But Moore still, I think, is doing enough to warrant some consideration moving forward in some big matches. I want to continue to see more of him, pardon the pun, to, to uh, see how he does. Sands, I think, continues to show that he's got some quality and can help us in different situations, whether as a six or a center back. I don't think he absolutely lit it up today. I think he actually misplaced a few passes, maybe got caught defensively when he did step in the six role where he got beat kind of easy. I think Kyle Aaron turned him in this early in the second half. I just thought that can't happen. He just can't get turned that easy. So I remember thinking that. Sammy Vines, I think, is a good wing back too. I think he's honest. I think he does the job up and down. No issue there. I really like Matt Turner in goal. 
he just makes the saves that you should make. You know, there's no, I feel really confident with him between the sticks. And, and overall, I would say, I'm just looking at it from a defensive perspective, because that's where I think a lot of the positivity is going to go for, for in terms of consistent performances throughout the 90 minutes. I do think there's something about coping with adversity, which is what you said. It's a really big positive, figuring out ways to win games that maybe you shouldn't. We saw Italy do it once or twice in the Euros. They, they kind of squeaked out a couple results. Did they deserve it? Uh, maybe not, but they still found a way to win. And they have, what, a 34, 35 game unbeaten streak. And they have mm -hmm. that for a reason because it's a mentality that they don't know how to lose. And if the U.S. adopts that and learns how to do that with this squad moving forward, it's only going to strengthen when we have our A team there as well. And we start to connect all the dots as to all the yeah. best players that can help us throughout that. These are really, really important things. And, and you do have to survive a few things during a tournament. Obviously, we would love to have... Uh, you know, dominated. And I thought after the first minute, we were all like, oh, it's three, four, zero. Here we go, baby. Um, but but uh, fair play to Canada, just to give them a shout out. I thought they were solid. I thought they had a game plan. I think uh, John Herzman, the coach, he'll only be disappointed that they didn't start the first half like they did the second. And the second, they came out very aggressive and started to put the U.S. on the back foot and kind of kept the U.S. there on the back foot the whole time. A little unlucky on those penalty calls. And Canada's going to be tough. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, here's the issue. Just to look ahead, and I have one more question for you about what we saw today, Heath, before we let all these fabulous listeners of the Kegelasso podcast get on with their day. And maybe they're as fired up about it as we are. But with the U.S. winning the group, they're either going to play Costa Rica or Jamaica. And Costa Rica and Jamaica play each other uh, tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. And so that's going to determine who uh, in two days, excuse me, who they're going to face. Whoever wins the group plays Canada. Whoever gets second is going to face us. So I don't know. Who would you rather face? Uh, and that, what I love, though, about the Costa Rica-Jamaica game in the last group stage games, it's got, a lot of, it's got a lot of sauce on it. It's got a lot of juice on it because they're going to want to avoid 
one of the two teams. I assume they'd want to avoid us, but maybe not. Maybe they would rather play us than Canada. Yeah, I mean, I I, I want to play Jamaica. I think Jamaica's in a just a, a a they aren't their best that we we've known them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Costa Rica's one where they've just got so many good players that we've played for so long that they they can disrupt you, right? Mm-hmm. The, Joel Campbell, they they were they were down one nil to Suriname, they came back and won two one. Um, I'm trying to remember who got a red card in that game. I think it was Celso um, uh, uh, towards the end. Uh, maybe I'm which game? Um, the Costa Rica game. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I'll tell you who. Um, yeah. Oh, Calvo. Sorry, Celso. Calvo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Francisco Calvo. Um, and so they'll be without him, obviously. Uh, but they came back and won two one. Joel Campbell scored a goal, and uh, Borges scored. Uh, Celso Borges. That's where I got all confused. Uh, scored the second goal, but I'd rather play. I'd rather play Jamaica. Um, I think. I think we match up well uh, with that. I think uh, uh, versus. I think Costa Rica could make us chase the ball for long periods, and right. I don't think. I don't know if we have that discipline to know where our our blocks are and how do we stay. How do we shift side to side? And I do want to say, by the way, be, be, in case anybody thinks I've been. Too you, critical. I, no, I, I you actually, haven't. You haven't. You haven't. You're fine. But but my the reason I'm saying that is because, Jimmy, you and I have I dude I can't rem I don't remember a lot of games from for the national team where I was like, whoo, we crushed them. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we worked them. You know, like we worked. There was there was games like you played in some Gold Cup games and you work you work them around the pitch and you have a dominating performance start to finish. But very rarely were there not a 15-minute window or a 10-minute or 5-minute or 30-minute window where you're like, oh, dude, we are in an absolute panic. We are all international quality players, and we can't complete a pass, right? And that's what I'm trying to get these young, inexperienced squad to think about. And I'm saying, like, as if they're listening. Um, Go, is to tap keep going, into that keep going like, Dad. <laughs> how, do I, how do I make an impact on this game, right? You, you talk about Sammy Vines. He, he's just really solid. He wasn't magical on the ball going forward. He wasn't magical defending, but he was really solid for his entire match, right? He, mm-hmm. he, he defended well. He attacked well. He completed more passes than I think a lot of them did, made good decisions on the ball. And sometimes in a game like that, that's enough. You went up 1-0 30 seconds into the match. For Sam Vines, that's enough, right? You, you, mm-hmm. He doesn't need to be more than that. And so I think, yeah, for me, it, it's just – one of those things of like, how can I have an impact? I don't need to be the hero. I don't need to make the killer pass. Sometimes you just need to connect those passes and move the ball forward. And that goes across the board. I thought defensively, they were very good. And I don't, and maybe I'm, I'm blanking on one. I don't remember one clear chance that we gave up. Maybe Buchanan, when he cut inside and, and missed wide there, that was kind of a half look, you know, a top, mm-hmm. a top player can bag that on, on a good day. But like, you know, I, I thought defensively it was really strong. It was just more of like, that's as defenders, Jimmy, you look at it and sometimes you, you, you're running in the heat like that. You could see the, some of the players really getting tired that you're just like, you know, that screams coming from those center backs, (laughs) the ball. I know. Listen, I was going to jump in. I'll say it just briefly. And I want to move on to the last question, but I, that I have for you where I worry a little bit. And I remember playing Denmark and Denmark at Aarhus. I think you were on the the, the team for that one. yeah. We were down 3-1 when I came into the, the, the fields, okay? And at that point, we were getting overrun. And it, it, it looked similar to what Canada was doing to the U.S. a little bit in the second half where we were just on the back foot. They play it wide. Oh, we would react to that. They played inside. We react. We were never anticipating. We were always just chasing. We were like the little brother trying to chase the big brother and his friends trying to get the ball back because – and, and it, it sucks. It sucks when you're on the field. It sucks when you're tired. 
And I think a mature team learns how to regain that composure uh, collectively and, and regains momentum and control of the, of the game. You don't always have to have the ball to be in control of the game. And I thought there were times where we just were, our lines were collapsing on top of each other. And hey, yeah. this is how we're, guess how we're going to defend. We're going to put eight guys on top of the box and good luck because we have some big center backs that are going to head everything out. And that's kind of what it looked like. So yeah, I mean, I think we were stout defensively and we made the plays that needed to be made. But I would be really worried when you guys are watching at home, if you start to see our midfield line collapse under our defensive line, that's not a good sign and something's not right. And so you guys just need to, 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 to pay attention to that. And I remember in that Denmark game, I bring it up because Rico Clark, we were getting run all over the place. Rico Clark turns, he'd been playing the whole game. He's like, yo, what, what, who am I supposed to? And I said, listen, the thing that you have to do is don't chase your runner into my space. If I have to mark two guys in my area, so be it. But we have to maintain the dignity or, or uh, the dignity. That seems uh, too dramatic. But uh, the, the oh, whatever. I can't think of the word right now. But we have to. Yeah, the, inte the integrity. The, the integrity. integrity, yeah. The, we have to maintain the integrity. I had the ITY part, but not the other part. Yeah. The integrity of our space. So we have to always be 10 or 15 yards apart. You know, if, if we get too close to each other or too far away, that's when everything starts to fall apart. And I saw a little bit of that today where our lines were too yeah. close to each other so how do we regain seven that guys at times on the back line there was six seven guys sometimes on yeah. the back line right yeah. and like a three back line becomes the five when you call it something different which becomes the six or the seven as you said mm -hmm. things start to collapse and things like that and that's where uh, for me and i don't know if that was a question but my response to that is we have to have something different than just the high press you have to you know you have when yes. you, you drop into a deeper block you have to know what's the trigger and if the trigger is the square pass or the back pass, and we're going to push them up and force a long ball from the goalkeeper or whatever, you have to do it again and again and again, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. as you start to have those collapsing, one player goes, he commits, the next guy arrives late. He goes, you know what? Next time I'm not going to go because I'm going and you're not going. And that, or that person goes and that person goes and the third person doesn't go. And that's when you have to have this collective unit. And that again, goes to experience. It goes to mm -hmm. leadership of being like when we press or when you get your moments where the ball goes out for a throw in, that's where Greg Berhalter can have an impact. That's where the players can talk and For say, sure. hey, when we press, we have to press well. Because if you don't, any faux press, I think, and maybe maybe I need to go back and watch the first two games and we had a, some faux pressing at certain points. That, you know, like, I guess the point I'm trying to make is maybe I've, I've, I've seen some loops in there where we didn't play a tough enough opponent that goes, oh, you're pressing? Okay, let's see you press. And then they call your bluff on it, right? And they right. break your lines once, right. twice, three times. And then your strikers, Daryl DK and Jossie Zardes go, dude, we're doing doggies over here. I need mm -hmm. my energy to attack. And you're now making me have to defend time and time again. Like that's where you start to get those gaps in the team. And that was what the U.S. was best at, right? Is working these teams down, staying disciplined to go like eventually that forward from, from Costa Rica or that 10 from Costa Rica. He doesn't want to defend anymore. And that's when we're going to capitalize on right, right. That's when we're going to find those gaps well, in the team I later actually, in the game. I actually made a note in the 35th minute where Busio, excuse me, where Zardes and, and DK were holding their line of confrontation. And it was in our half by the center circle. I'm like, that's pretty deep. 35 minutes into the game. We're already been in charge, but Canada's starting to re take, take charge of what's happening. And we're that deep. That for me already showed that the, that we were collapsing our lines. That's one thing. Also, when I say collapsing the lines, not only does it hurt us defensively, but when we try to transition, there's no one to play to. So then all of a sudden, you've got no one to play to in midfield. There are no angles because everybody's in a goddamn straight line. And when you're like, okay, I'm just going to play it long to DK and Zardes and hope that they can hold up the ball, they've got nobody to lay it off to, you know? So it, it mm -hmm. becomes this really vicious circle. And that's where 
that to your point, like you have to have that experience and that trust of you got to maintain the integrity of your shape. You can't, and somebody has to lead that. And it's usually from the center backs. And so that's mm -hmm. where that experience will happen. I think Zimmerman dropping off. I don't think Donovan Pines came in and was like leading the charge vocally. He didn't look like he was having that type of presence and fair enough. The guy's coming in in a tough he scared, situation. He scared me a couple of times. Cause his, arm, his arms are so long when he gets an arm out on people and the way the game is now with yeah. VAR and stuff, when he's trying to grab a small striker, who's trying to get away from him. I'm like, Oh man, yeah. stay out of the box with that stuff. But I thought, I thought again, in, in a tough, tough environment. No, I he, did fine. He, he, he did fine. He did fine. Yeah. 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 But yeah, there's, there's a couple moments with his passing where maybe a little loose at times. And, and I was like, Ooh, he's got to clean that up. But I think he will, if he continues to get, get to play if Zimmerman's yeah. hurt, especially. Okay. Last thing. And then I'm going to let you go, Heath, and of course, everybody listening as well. And again, we appreciate your support. You go with DK and Zardes again in the next round, either against Costa Rica and Jamaica, or are you going to go back to one striker? We don't have a lot of wingers to what you said a lot earlier, but and Zardes can play as a winger per se, but what are your thoughts on this? We're going to have a full preview of the quarterfinals. We can get into the lineup and what we're going to do there, but I'm just giving some initial thoughts because we just witnessed and experienced what 90 minutes would look like with these two guys as our strikers. Yeah. I think I need something uh, different. I think, but is like it the midfield said, or is it the, is it? No, the I, I want, I, 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 I think you can go back to a three front, a front three system again. Um, and maybe that can, that's all things considered, uh, uh, you know, you have um, Hoppy in there. I thought Hoppy brings a lot of energy, right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I don't know if that's a, starting 11 type of energy where it's, it's impactful over time, but he, he brings something different that goes to the channels. It's a different type of energy where I, I feel Zardes and DK uh, felt a little duplicitous today at times uh, in terms of the, the, what they offered the game. And so I, I would consider bringing in a Williamson for a Busio. Uh, I would consider, uh, I would consider moving, um, going with your three back again, uh, again, I don't know if, if Zimmerman's out. Um, then maybe you're playing with a back four. But uh, if Jimmy, if it's a, if it's a back four, do you have Sands in your in your back line, or or are you putting him in in the in the midfield position? Because I, I I actually he, you know and he plays quite a bit for NYCFC as as a six, and so he's comfortable on the ball, and he just he has that. He's the only one that I've seen in this group at least today uh, against Canada that that was that was um, just defense first right like I, I and again whether it was good defending or not i i thought that he had that mentality and i and i like that mentality from a midfielder as well i i haven't seen that yet from i cost covers a lot of ground but like i would you know. put sands there i put sands at center back next to robinson and have vines and shack Moore. that's my initial thoughts i would bring in williamson for acosta i would give busio another run out i'd like to see him mm -hmm. again and then legit I could maybe, you know, make some room for Legette. Legette will probably play because he's a, a favorite of Greg Berhalter for a number of reasons. And I think he deserves the minutes that he gets for sure. Yeah. I put DK as the out and out nine. I think he runs a little bit better when he when he's the out and out nine instead of sharing that space a little bit with Jossie. That said, I'm not afraid to see it again. I'd actually like to see it again. I, it's, I don't want to get away where we just do it once and now oh, it didn't work the way we wanted it to. So let's not ever do it again. You know, like yeah, I don't want to get into that mindset. The knockout rounds, huh? I, know, the knockout I, know, rounds man. I know, I know. You I know, know, like at a certain point you go, okay, we tried it. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully be in a, a circumstance where we can try this again. I, uh, I, on paper, Jimmy, I like this. I like Zardes and DK. I just didn't see the benefit of them both being on today. Um, I think it's no. because of the midfield. I think it's less because of them. All right, that's, that's, that's where I think that maybe they didn't get the service. Yes. Did they, when they did I, the ball, did they, did they do enough with it? Probably not. And I think yeah. there's, 
I think that little maybe maybe they weren't connected enough to them to each other or or where where should they run in different situations. That's why I would like to see another game. But to your point, knockout round, you might not want to chance it and just get your what you consider your best eleven out there because Costa Rica and and or Jamaica is going to be a tough test for us in the next round. Yeah, that's fair, Jimmy. I'm going to let you wrap this up because we got a preview coming on we Thursday, do. right? And and, and 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 specific yeah. to the U.S. as well. Yeah, and 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 we're we're gonna we could do this for another two hours. We could because so we I love if, it. If one, I, we could break down one, every player. Yeah. All right, Heath. Well, thank you so much as always for doing this with me, and I uh, appreciate that we've uh, taken charge for the Gold Cup. Love it. Thank you to everyone for listening as always, and make sure you follow K Golasso Pod on Twitter so you never miss when we drop one of these special edition podcasts. And we really feel like every single episode is a special edition, just to throw that out there. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for Luis Miguel Echegaray and Fabrizio Romano, who's going to have all the good stuff with all the transfer news around Europe. It should be a great episode. And I'll see you later in the week. See ya.